Welcome to Return to Oz Minute. We're the podcast that's analyzing the 1985 movie, one I wish you weren't tied down either, moment at a time. Minute at a time. It's a sad moment. I'm sorry. I'm having trouble with this minute already. Um, I'm Tierney Steele. And I'm Mike Carlucci. Not tied down anywhere. I'm I'm not tied down, but Dorothy is in minute 18 of Return to Oz. Minute 18 starts with her being wheeled into the doctor's room or into the, oh God, it'd be an operating theater, but it's not, it's just a room. It's just a room. Um, and it ends 60 seconds later with the procedure about to start. So she gets wheeled into this room. The doctor asks how she's doing. She says, I wish I weren't tied down, <laughs> which is uh, my sentiments exactly. And then... He, he gets ready to do the procedure and he hands the little headphones things to the nurse and then he turns the machine on and off to make sure it's functioning correctly. So is everyone ready? Is anyone ever ready for what's about to happen? Um, Mike, I hope you have a lot of notes because I am too busy like hugging myself in fear right now. So, I've always wondered about the earmuffs. Uh, I'm, I guess this is... So, that, so that, that has to be where the electricity is coming from, right? It sounds when he tests it like they're passing between. Like, it feels like we should be able to see, like, the little bolt going across between them. Although we don't. We just hear the buzzing. Which I, I find, I've always found that weird because when I, when I was a kid, I thought, oh, it's definitely, uh, like, I don't know. I thought, just thought those were earmuffs. I, I have no idea why. They look but, like my headphones, which is very scary as we podcast. <laughs> yeah, but those are actually, that's the instrument which is conducting the electricity. Mm-hmm. I guess if they want to get it into her brain... You would use the head. I guess ears make as much sense as any place else. I mean, that's um, not how this it would have works. Been... Just for the record, I had to interrupt you to make sure everyone knows. No, don't do that. That's not how it works. Okay, continue. <laughs> well, well, in in 1899, this is before they would have had, you know, the little things that you you stick all stick all over your body. It's 1899, uh, and this is fiction. I just want to make sure that's clear. Yes. Yeah. So, so from, from their point of view, uh, Dr. Worley, who was, you know, an engineer or an early electri- uh, an electrician, uh, pioneer or experimenter, or is the celebrity chef who works down in the kitchens providing the excellent meals. And he, you know, after getting a Michelin star or something, he opened up this hospital and was like, hey, good food, electricity. What else could you want? Uh, yeah, it's it's like, I mean, the script even says the doctor holds the strange earmuffs in front of him. He hits a switch and suddenly a stinging spark of current leaps between the two earpieces. So the script calls for what I expected to see. Yes, you would expect right then to see that uh, that surge of electricity. 
That there would be the some arc. sparks. That's what I was thinking of. Yeah. We have a lost arc! <laughs> Get Indiana Jones on it! Well, there's uh, clearly nothing that Dr. Worley can create that cannot be taken away from him. Keep that in mind. Oh, boy. <laughs> yeah, there... It's a good prop. It's used to great effect here. The way the nurse is holding it. But, like, he's being very reassuring. And even afterwards, when Dor when she sees that Dorothy is looking at the headphones in her hands, you know, scared, the nurse gives her a smile, and it's not scary. I think at first I thought it was, but then when I was re-watching this minute right before we started, I was like, that looks like she's trying to be reassuring. Like, I know this is scary, kid, but don't worry, it's okay. Wait, I, I'm rewatching the minute right now. When does the nurse smile? Let me scrub, let me scrub. Um, <laughs> this has to be the slightest smile in history. I could swear she does. She Well, she definitely did because I remember being really surprised by it. But let me see. All right, she's holding. Things are, oh, all right. Minute, oh, minute. Wow, I'm bad at that today. Sorry, guys. Uh, second 36. Second 36. It is really quick. Okay. It's, it's oh. only second 36. Wait, wait, that's... I'm not sure that's reassuring. When it's frozen, it doesn't read as reassuring. It reads more as a smirk, but when I was watching it, I think it's the way... What he's saying, where he's like, oh, this is a, you know, this is going to be so great to get rid of all that excess energy. And I mean, part of my brain is like, he's a quack, run, Dorothy, run, oh my goodness. Um, but he's got that accent, he has a lower voice, it's just kind of like, rolling over these words, everything's going to be fine. And then the nurse does that, and I was just kind of like, it's, it's like they're trying to be reassuring, while also completely trivializing their patients' concerns in the room that is literally, like, my nightmares. <laughs> so, I'm very conflicted here. Maybe this was wishful thinking. Maybe this was me just trying so hard to come up with something positive about this minute. That might be it. Oh! I don't know. I can, I can see it being... I mean, not. I don't think, she, I don't think she's ever reassuring, because she's not. Like her role in the hospital is the authoritarian. The doctor just sort of describes it medically and is like, "Yeah, you're a patient. This is what we do. We've got this magic called electricity. It's a century of electricity. We've got electric lights. I've got this machine. We've got these earmuffs." There's so much electricity in this minute. There's four lights on that uh, ceiling fixture. Where is he getting the power? Spo spoiler alert. Uh, towards the end of the movie... Oh no, never mind. Towards the end of the minute? Or next minute? The generator is that's mentioned? That's next minute. Yes. That's next minute? 
The generator is mentioned? But is the generator... I should save this for the next minute. It's really bugging you, though. Is the generator providing all their power? It sounds like it. Because this is... Because this is before... Um... I mean, Cottonwood Falls is the bigger this is before... city, but I don't imagine it having like a thriving utility industry. Yeah, because it's like, because Edison was, you know, the electric company, and like you saw pictures of New York just wired up, and there were wires everywhere. I can't imagine that there's a power plant near Cottonwood there Falls. There could be though. They're on the river. Oh, I mean. The... Yeah, they're on the falls. That's why he. That's probably why he built his hospital here. It's all clicking into place. Oh, and they're right, they're right on the spoiler alert. They're right on the river. So that could be it. I imagine because, like I said, I mean, maybe he's not the only person with electricity in Cottonwood Falls, but he's definitely the only one with this much electricity. So if he's generating it himself or himself, that wouldn't surprise me. At all. Oh, but I thought of something happy for this minute. Um, I bet Return to Oz never thought it would get compared to Princess Diaries 2, A Royal Engagement. But in that movie, Julie Andrews says, I think we'll make it a double door entrance. And once you hear that, every movie where there is a double door entrance will remind you of it. So when they open, when they wheel her in through the double doors, there we go. That makes me happy. Now I'm thinking about Queens of Genovia. It's, it's okay. <laughs> we make some interesting connections on this podcast that I did not imagine before we started it. Uh, the only Double Door movie reference that uh, sticks in my head is Aragon, Aragorn opening the Double Doors at uh, um, Aramur's yep. father's place. The name escapes me. The horse Rohan. people. Rohan. Yes. That's an Edoras. <laughs> you know. Shall I continue proving my geekery? <laughs> I, I got Aramur. Or is he just, is he just Yomer? I think he's Aomer. I say Aomer because I say Eowyn. So Aomer yeah. makes sense, but also, is he there at that point or does he send them ahead? No, no, because it's later with the double uh, He's Sorry. been exiled at that yeah. point. That's because they go to Edoras twice and I'm mixing them up. Sorry. Um... Yeah, I'm trying to think what other ones... Because I know I've seen it before and be like, ah, oh, double door entrance. And, I, and it's also especially fun in, like, real life when it happens. Um, <laughs> it, oh, I picked a room in an apartment. Uh, it was the old dining room. I picked it because I got double doors. Yep. That, um, that's my room growing up. Had uh, The French doors had double doors. That's so cool. I'm glad they're still, like, those haven't all been taken out and replaced with boring new construction. I think in uh, in Angel, 
I think Angel often encountered Dumbledores. You know? Maybe the, maybe the, there were a lot at the Hyperion Hotel, or he just they just liked that shot with David. Oh, Boring I bet they did. As... Um, the library doors in Buffy led to many dramatic yeah. Dumbledore entrances. So. I think Joss Whedon likes double doors. I'm gonna I'm gonna go out well, on a limb. Joss Whedon should be hanging out with Julie Andrews. Writing some music, having some fun. I know it's not, like, cool to like Joss Whedon right now, but I feel like he could be brought around back to the good side. <laughs> I don't think he's that far gone. <laughs> um, I mean, his movie didn't get made, no. so... And I'd like to think that if it had, and in 2017, it would have been different by that point. <laughs> You know, I, I do try and keep in mind that while that obviously wasn't, you know, a first draft, it wasn't a shooting script. And it was older, so I I, I kind of run into trouble where things are judged by today's lens, and it's like, well, to a certain extent, I understand that, but also you have to keep in mind like at the time when people say something wasn't like progressive or feminist and I'm like, well, maybe it's not now. Was it at the time? Can we celebrate it for that? <laughs> um, and then focus on the things that are really problematic and we're like, never. Okay. <laughs> but I've, I've gotten off, off track. This movie is not part of that. We have a female protagonist. Um, I mean, right now she's in pretty dire straits, but Wonder Woman would break free, and maybe she will too soon. <laughs> um, I'm trying to think. So we have a new set. We're in this, I keep wanting to call it an operating room, but they're not, oper it's the procedural room. I don't know what you would call it. Um, I do like that it has that little bit of green up over the top of the window so that it's still of a part with the rest of the hospital or whatever we're calling this doctor's office I guess it's the shade or like a valance or something because it's over both the windows yeah um, but yeah as I mentioned there's a very elaborate light fixture so it's nice and bright this is literally the room of my nightmares <laughs> medical procedures prior to like a year ago I'm not down with at all <laughs> um, the metal beds the great nope nope I want none of this um, they're all where he has his white lab coat the gurney men are covered in white over their fancy outfits although the nurse is still in all black I don't think she has anything special on for the room I I like that you're using uh, gurneymen, which I'm positive is not a word. It is for us. The men of the gurneys, I mean, it tracked, right? Oh, I hey, I, I, I mean, I went with it, um, but yeah, what, what are they called? They should be called gurneymen. I'm sure they're just like attendants or something, because they don't seem like medical personnel. I'm trying to actually, I should have paid better attention to what they were 
doing now that she's in the room? I was so distracted by being afraid of everything. So the, the gurney men take a position <laughs> behind uh, behind our wooden and glass friend. I don't know. It looks like he's at a locker or yeah. <laughs> some panel well, of like, some sort. It looks like another one like walks behind the nurse but then comes back. It doesn't actually do anything as far as I can tell. I mean, to be fair, I'm scrubbing through. And the doctor yeah. looks at the one standing behind the cabinet who's at another locker or panel or whatever that is. So actually, that's probably where... Because this machine was in his office and now it is in a different room. So I'm wondering if that's the permanent electrical source that the machine has been hooked up to. And so he is coordinating with that guy to make sure it looks good on both ends. That could make sense. I mean... I kind of think we've we've already seen this plot point before. In The Wizard of Oz, of course, we are introduced to the wizard, who is a blowhard, who is impressive and has powers and, you know, communicates as a, uh, an orb. That's Dr. Worley. He rolls out his machine. The machine's kind of the orb. Uh, but the guy is actually doing all the work. <laughs> Who's meticulously throwing the big switch to send the power? That's that's Pons Mar, or the other what? guy. Yeah, the no. the guy in front of the pink panel. No, he's doing. He's the real the, talent. He's Doctor Worley. Look at his hands. He throws the switch on the machine. No. Pons Mar knows what's going on. He's reaching for the switch. Second forty-three. He's hands on it. The rest of 43 shows up close up. Does it say magic switch? Main switch. Main okay. switch. Okay, all right. Sorry. That, I was like, wait, really? But yeah. No, in seconds 42 and 43, you can watch the doctor reach for the switch. Then it goes to the close up of his hand on it. And then 40. No, that one, it doesn't have as direct a thing. But no, it's definitely the doctor who throws the switch. Okay, yeah. that makes yeah. that could make some sense. I just just wanted to you know make sure we're all on the same page here. I mean, don't get me wrong. I love the idea that actually those are the guys who made the machine and figured this all out, and Doctor Worley is just like the showman in front. <laughs> I'd be down for that because, I mean, let's face it, turning that switch is not difficult. You could train a guy to do that if he was the good showman. And he's not even yeah. the one who puts the headphones on her, it's the nurse. So literally that's all he does. <laughs> what does main switch mean? Because he hits an earlier switch, that turns on the, the two yeah. light bulbs. So. What purpose do the light bulbs serve on this machine? <laughs> to let us Just know to show it's that on. electricity is flowing? <laughs> <laughs> then why why would you have you two? Know. Light bulbs were expensive in 1899. Oh, I didn't think that because I was like, yeah, it's actually really smart to have something to show like, oh, it's flowing now, except that there are seven million light gauges on that thing that I'm sure say the exact same thing. I I think it's just for the audience, honestly. Um if it was more intricate than just throwing that switch, I would be down for 
you want a light source right on it if you're doing something fine-tuned that you want to make sure like there is a light right on that gauge so you can see exactly where it's at except that's not what we see at all it's literally just so we get ever closer to Oz. we are we are ever so closer. close before we get to oz though i did want to say and actually while this is a very this is another room that feels so empty yet everything in it serves a great purpose and works and i just wanted to give a quick shout out because a listener very nicely pointed out for us that you know because i keep going on about how great the set dressing is and how perfectly it all works together and he said hey you know the person who did the set decoration for return to oz won an oscar for that in titanic right and i was like I, you'd think that'd be stuff I remember from the research I did when we first proposed this podcast, but I hadn't. So I looked up Michael Ford, who's our set decoration in this case, uh, because although we didn't get any opening credits, there are tons of credits at the end. So we have a lot more people that we can talk about. And what I love is that our listener mentioned... Titanic, which, yes, he won an Oscar for in 1998. I mean, that's great. He was coming off a nomination in 1984 Oscars for his work on Return of the Jedi. And he'd also been nominated for Empire Strikes Back. But do you know what he won his other Oscar for? Uh, One in 1982. What? 1982 so it would have been a 1981 huh? movie. Oh, 1981 movie. And all these guys are hanging out together. Uh, oh. I, I'm going to say, um, uh, what? Raiders ding, ding, of the ding, Lost ding, Ark. Ding, ding. Now, these are all shared Oscars and they actually are best art direction dash set decoration so I would have to look at like the exact breakdown of things but I just got so excited that we managed to get an Indiana Jones and Star Wars crossover with the same same thing which happens so much in the production credits of this movie it makes me feel very happy and part of a larger universe so we're, we're gonna get a lot more, you know, we're going to get some crazy sets coming up in Oz. I'm so excited. Like, I'm so excited. We're almost to Oz. But I just thought since I've been going on and on to our poor listeners for weeks now about how well they do this creeptastic Kansas, <laughs> that I should, I should actually look up the name and start giving shout outs by name. <laughs> Michael Ford, congratulations. Mm. Of course, it's Michael, because as we all know, there are basically only two names for men in this world, Christopher and Michael. <sighs> you people are everywhere. <laughs> Don't forget David. 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 See, I, I don't I get the weekend edition, so I only know that vicariously through the Listener Society. But I hear it's quite a, uh, quite a scene. <laughs> I'm actually not sure if David is that popular or if there's a another joke that I'm just not in on on why everyone made made their name David. Well, I'm but. sure a lot of people have made it now because of David, 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 David. 
Yes. Although I, I know a four-year-old David, so it's there in the next generation. I don't think he's into Star Wars yet, but I'm sure, knowing his parents, I can make sure that happens at some point in his life. Uh, I don't think his mom will let me watch this movie with him for quite a while. But someday. <laughs> uh, yeah, this this room is literally my... It's like, anything with the, the medical field, like, at the turn of the century or in the early 20th century, doing, like, the witch fingers, like, ah, it's so bad. It's so bad and scary. What's, what's the Chris Evans joke? He was on the talk show talking about, like, his nephew or something. He's like, I don't like it. Oh. I keep watching the uh, electrified earmuffs, and I'm positive at one point I saw a version of this with blue sparks, but I might just be imagining it. I thought they were there, but... I also could see, like, because you hear that noise, and you just, you think there's gonna be blue sparks, and there just aren't, so I, I could see where that's kind of a false memory for everyone. If you want to go back and make a special edition <laughs> for Turn to Oz, a little bit of CGI there, add in a couple I mean, sparks. Lucas already has that effect, he just needs to shrink it down. Yeah, they could they could just lift it straight from the emperor's fingers, and insert a little bit from of the that emperor's <laughs> fingers to Dorothy's ears. That's a new saying. I'm not sure what it's implying, but I like it. Spread it around. <laughs> All right, well, I am definitely out of notes for this minute. <laughs> I think that's very clear. Um, do you have anything else to say about Minute 18? No, I think that, uh, that just about well, does we've it. we've already done a bit of a spoiler for tomorrow, so come back tomorrow to figure out what happens to the generator. And we'll see you guys then. Is this a... This is a Monday episode. Actually... We will see you guys then. But in the meantime, if you miss us too much, don't forget to join us on Facebook. We have a page for this podcast, and we also have a listeners group called The Flying Sofa, which you are welcome to join us there. We're also on Twitter at OzMinute. Return to OzMinute.com or WeOgTogPog.com, which... Which brings us to the to uh, the finale here. Weog. Tiog. Tiog. Tiog.